0: If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. And now if you would turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 21, we're covering today Acts 21 and 22 in our series, The Church in Action, A Journey Through Acts. So that's Acts chapter 21, and let's read the first few verses of this chapter. After we had torn ourselves away from them, that is, we, that is, Dr. Luke is with Paul, so he's writing the book of Acts. The physician, Dr. Luke, says after we had torn ourselves, meaning that parting was very hard to leave the Ephesian elders because they had ministered there for three whole years. So it was very emotional to say goodbye. After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Kos. The next day we went to Rhodes, and from there to Patata, Patara. We found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, went on board and set sail. After sighting Cyprus and passing to the south of it, we sailed on to Syria. We landed at Tyre where our ship was to unload its cargo. We sought out the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including wives and children, accompanied us out of the city, and there on the beach, we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship, and they returned home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for wisdom and guidance as we look at your word together that we may more fully understand it, and most importantly, apply it to our lives. We don't want to be hearers of the word only, we want to be doers of the word. So help us to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, today's message is entitled, How Do We Express Ourselves When Safety is threatened. This is a very unusual title, but I believe it fits our text. You see, every life, at one time or another, shall experience the threat of danger, whether it's real or perceived. Your job may be on the line, you may receive a diagnosis about your health that is life-threatening, Someone may be persecuting you for your faith that you need to take a stand for Christ and it may cost you your life. Whatever the threat is that comes into your life, how do you respond? How do you respond when your comfort zone gets the squeeze? How do you respond when you're in trouble? You know, a tea bag shows what's in it when it's in hot water. And we're going to reveal what's inside of us when we get in hot water. How do we express ourselves? Well, chapters 21 and 22 of Acts list five ways that have been expressed during times of threat. And the five I will mention up top and then we'll go through them as they are in the text. So first of all, when you're threatened, express concern or when someone that you love is threatened, express concern. Secondly, express commitment. Third, express caution. Fourth, express conversion. That is, when you are under threat, it's a perfect time to share your testimony and share your hope that is in Christ. And then the odd one here is when under threat, Express your citizenship, and we're going to learn what that means in a moment. So first of all, express concern. In Acts chapter 21, verses 1 to 12, two times no less, Paul is told not to go to Jerusalem. We find the first one in chapter 21, verse 4. We sought out the disciples, there, and stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. So they knew that Paul was risking his life to take a relief offering to the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem at the main church. That his life would be threatened, that danger was ahead. And by the Spirit, they were able to see the kind of persecution and life threat that would come against Paul. And they said, Paul, whatever you do, don't go to Jerusalem. Cancel your plans. Do not go forward. A second time, there is that kind of warning. Only this time, it's raised up. In Acts chapter 21, verses 10 to 12, We read about a prophet named Agabus, and he came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his hands and feet with it, and said, the Holy Spirit says, In this way, way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Imagine that. Two times, Paul is told, danger ahead. You know, humans run from pain. Pain is to be avoided at all costs. We like our comfort zone to be warm, to be undisturbed, to be predictable. We don't like to be shaken up. We don't like our world to be turned upside down. And we don't like pain... At all. Danger, that is any threat to our comfort, peace, or health, or life, must not be God's will, is what we think in our minds. We want to hear people, and we want to tell other people, whatever you do, stay away from trouble. Don't go where it's dangerous. Don't take unnecessary risks. Don't endanger your life. Don't lay down your life for a cause or for other people. There's a point where you need to compromise in order to save your own life. Does this sound familiar? Because Jesus told Peter and the disciples, I must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and I must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. I must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside, you may remember, to rebuke him. Imagine Jesus took Jesus aside to rebuke him, to correct him strongly. And Peter said, Never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. It can't be God's will for you to suffer. It can't be God's will for you to die. He left out and to be raised on the third day to life. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So human concerns are comfort and peace at all costs. And God's concern is, what is the greatest good to save the most people? Jesus dying on the cross and shedding his blood for the forgiveness of That we can have through faith in him is the greatest concern, is God's concern. He had to go to the cross. He had to go to Jerusalem. So what I present to you this morning is that under the threat of danger, the disciples prophesied by the power of the Holy Spirit of the dangers that awaited Paul in Jerusalem, but that they added a human application. And the human application is, since the Holy Spirit's telling us that there are dangers ahead in Jerusalem, we're adding to that out of fear that you should not go to Jerusalem. Does that make sense? Because if the Holy Spirit was telling them there's danger ahead of you in Jerusalem, Paul, and you should not go to Jerusalem, then Paul would have been disobedient to the Holy Spirit if he had gone. But instead, these people saw what was going to happen to Paul in terms of danger and threat to his life, and they added, therefore do not go. And isn't that interesting? Because as humans we avoid pain, we run from pain, it must not be God's will for anybody to suffer. And so you and I need to recognize That doing the will of God at any cost, at any price, even to the end of our life, is what matters. And that avoiding pain is impossible. We all will experience pain and suffering. We all will experience death unless the Lord returns. So let's not run from it. Let's face it with courage and with commitment. And that brings us to point number two. Express commitment. What do you do when your life is threatened? What do you do when you're in danger? Express commitment to the Lord. We find this in chapter uh, 21, verses 13 to 14. Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. Isn't that interesting? They're trying to convince Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. It must not be God's will, because there's suffering, pain, and death ahead for you. And Paul is saying, I'm going to stick to my guns. He had said in chapter 20, Verses 22 to 24, he says, "...and now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race." and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what I suffer. I don't care even if I die. I'm going to be faithful to proclaiming the good news that there's forgiveness of sin through faith in Jesus Christ, and I'll go to the ends of the earth to do that. I am compelled, propelled by the Holy Spirit. I am determined. That's why they couldn't talk him out of it. Yeah, he knew there's trouble ahead. He appreciated their warning that there's trouble ahead. But he says, yeah, I've already heard that. And I've already made a decision. You see, Paul said, for me to live is Christ. And to die is to gain. For us to live, we should live for the cause of Christ. And when we die, we're going to gain more of Christ because we're going to see Christ face to face. We're in a win-win proposition. Let's live for the Lord. Well, now what happens is that uh, he then goes to Jerusalem. The first thing he does is he meets with the church leaders there, and the church leader is James, and um, he explains to them all the things God had done through him so that Gentiles heard the gospel, and Gentiles came to Christ, and the Jewish leaders of the Jewish church were thrilled at how many people came to Christ, and that Gentiles were being included into the family of God. They were thrilled, and they glorified God. But they had a caution for Paul. And we read that caution in Acts 21, 20-24. to 24. They said thousands, many thousands of Jews have believed, and all of them are still zealous for the law. They're still zealous for Jewish customs. And they have been informed, actually the word should be, they have been misinformed about you, Paul. What they're hearing and what's going out on, on the street is, oh, that Paul, he's teaching all Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn away from Moses, and he's telling them not to circumcise their children or live according to our customs. What shall we do? They will certainly hear that you have come, so do what we tell you. So they come up with a plan. They say, out of caution, we want you to sponsor these four guys who are going to go through purification rites, which is a Jewish custom. And it's a-okay for Jewish Christians to be purified and for you to sponsor them in this purification. And if you will sponsor them, pay for their uh, this ceremony to be done, then everyone will know there is no truth in these reports about you, but that you yourself are living in obedience to the law. And Paul's like, thank you for that caution. I take it to heart, and I'll do that. You see, Paul said, I become all things to all men. To the Jew, I become like a Jew. To the Gentile, I become a Gentile, that some might be saved. And so as long as the Jewish custom is not being dependent upon for salvation, because only Christ saves, then that's okay. If it leads to greater commitment to the Lord, that's okay. You know, Jewish Christians, Messianic Jews, can still celebrate Passover. And even now it's got more meaning because they know who the Passover lamb is, Jesus. So Jewish feasts and customs can have greater meaning as long as you don't trust in them for your salvation. And as long as you don't impose them on Gentiles and say the only way you could become a Christian or be, believe or be saved is if you follow our Jewish customs as if they're salvific. As long as you keep away from those two rails and you preach the gospel of grace, I'll cooperate with that. I'll back that. And that was the caution. So while he's in the temple sponsoring these four men, people who were against him see him in the temple and they go ballistic. They make up all sorts of charges against him and they um, uh, start beating him right there in the temple because they, they say he's against our law, he's against our people, he's against our customs. And worse than that, we saw that he brought a Gentile into the temple. Now, there was the outer court for the Gentiles where all nations can come and pray. My Father's house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, Jesus said. Gentiles were allowed in the outer court, which you remember Jesus had to clear the outer court of money changers because they were you know, changing money and all that other stuff in the outer court instead of letting the Gentiles there. But once you went to the holy or the holy... The holy, only Jews could go in there. And there was a sign that said in in Hebrew and in Greek uh, and Latin, don't come in here if you're Gentile. And the Romans respected that and said, you could even do the death sentence if someone goes in there because we recognize this is so important to you. So for there to be a charge against Paul for sneaking a Gentile into the temple, that was pretty serious. But it was false. It was absolutely false. So they're pummeling him, punching him relentlessly, and he's on the verge of dying. And within uh, less than 500 feet, there's 500 soldiers, and the, the commander comes over with soldiers and breaks him up just in time. But then the commander has him bound in chains, and right then Paul must have been thinking, Agabus was right. I will be bound. So he's got two chains, meaning he's chained to one soldier on either side. And he says to uh, the commander, can I say a word? Can I speak? And the commander says, I might as well let you, because uh, if you could calm down this mob, that would be much appreciated. I don't want to get in trouble with the Roman government because of this riot. And so... Paul, with his chained hand, makes a dramatic signal and everyone goes quiet. Then he speaks in Hebrew, which is their language, the language of the Jews. And they're really listening to him. And he explains fully that he's Jewish to the core and that he understands why they were attacking him because he was zealous For Judaism, he used to persecute followers of the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the followers of him were followers of the way. And he used to go out of his way to persecute followers of the way. And as he's explaining all this, he is sharing his conversion. So when you're under pressure, when you're under the threat of death, share your testimony. Let's say you're going for chemo treatments or radiation treatments because you have cancer. You're sitting in the waiting room. You're next to someone. You have the threat of death on your life as does the person next to you. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain if you share with them, can I tell you how I came to Christ? Can I tell you how God became important in my life? Share your conversion. Share your testimony. Paul was almost beaten to death. And yet, he's standing on the temple mound, and he's saying, I was once a persecutor, and now I'm a preacher. I once was a murderer, and now I'm a missionary. God radically saved me. Let me tell you about it. So we see in verse 4, I persecuted the followers of, the way, of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. And then he said he saw the Lord, and he said, who are you? And the answer from heaven was, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you're persecuting. He goes on to say uh, that the Lord told him, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people, Jews and Gentiles, of what you have seen and heard. And the Lord even warned Paul, saying, Quick, leave Jerusalem immediately, because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were stoning him to death, who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, Go. I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So he's sharing this testimony with this large mob. And when he got to the word Gentiles, they started yelling, Away with him! He doesn't even deserve to live! Now why were they so upset? They were upset because what Paul was implying is that Gentiles could become the people of God like the Jews are the people of God. The Jews saw themselves as special, and Gentiles were dogs and pigs. They were unclean. To say that Gentiles could be saved would mean that they have equal access to God like Jews? That guy deserves to be killed. That's blasphemous. And what we're going to see next week is that this gave Paul the opportunity to speak to the Sanhedrin, which was the religious congress of his day, of which he was once a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin, the ruling 70 of Israel. We'll see that next week. But right now, let me jump to point number five. When threatened, when in danger, when your life is on the line, Express your citizenship. Now, Lou, would you explain that one? That one seems odd. Acts 22, 25 to 29. As they stretched Paul out to flog him, and they were going to scourge him. So the scourge a person is not just to whip him, but it's to um, hit him with a special implement that would tear at his skin until he confessed his crime. And some died from scourging, and before they began to scourge, Paul just simply asked, "Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? so if you're a Roman citizen, you had rights and privileges, and one of the rights and privileges is you're not going to get punished without you know a court session. you're not even supposed to be bound if you're a citizen without charges, and so forth. So when the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported, what are you going to do? This man's a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am. The commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship. Paul says, but I was born a citizen. And those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. Don't touch him with a 10-foot pole. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. Now, when you're under the threat of death or danger, and your life is on the line, know your rights and stand up for them. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and his companion were thrown into jail. And when they were thrown into jail, God did a miracle and caused a large earthquake and uh, they were able to lead the jailer to Christ and his household. And the magistrates said, Release those men. You can go in peace. And Paul said in Acts 16.37, They beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and threw us into prison, and now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No! Let them come themselves and escort us out. Now, why did Paul insist on his citizenship? Why did he insist on his rights? I believe he did so for the protection of future Christians. If he had not insisted on his rights, then future Christians, when they were persecuted, would be stomped on all over the place, whether they were citizens or not. So Paul expressed his citizenship as a protection. You need to know that when Luke is writing to Theophilus, who may be a high-ranking Roman official, the book of Acts is an apology for why Christianity is a legitimate religion. And it should be tolerated, respected, and we should have freedom of of worship is what Luke is writing the book of Acts to prove. In addition to the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and he's the Savior and there's no name under heaven by which you may be saved. So he's trying to do two things. He's saying Jesus is the way, but he's also saying Christianity, followers of the way, is a legitimate faith. That's why. Paul claimed his citizenship. All right. Let's just summarize this quickly with this. That if your safety is threatened or that of a loved one, you are right to express concern, but don't go to the side of fear. Don't tell people to avoid pain at all costs. If they need to go through surgery or rehab to get better, don't tell them it's not God's will to have that surgery or that rehab. No gain without some pain. you got to go through it. And if it's God's will for you or me to suffer and even to die for the faith, standing up for Jesus Christ, so be it. We will not compromise our faith in Christ. Now, when your life is on the line and you're going through the threat of danger, express your commitment. Say, I am will live for the Lord. I will finish what he wants me to do, which is to share the gospel with as many people as I can and make disciples who will follow the Lord and obey the Lord. That's why I'm here. Express caution. Yes, the Jerusalem church leaders were wise to say, hey, Paul, there's been a lot of false stuff about you, and let's correct that by you sponsoring these people. And that's okay. Listen to wise counsel and caution others that misperceptions might be corrected. And then express your conversion. Share your testimony when you're under pressure and threat of your life. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And then express your citizenship. Stand up for your rights for the sake of others when you go under abuse and suffering unjustly, unfairly. Does this make sense? These are all application points that would otherwise be missed that I could clearly pinpoint from Acts 21 and 22. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series,